you so much for tuning in. This month, we have such a special series that is near and dear to my heart, being a breast cancer survivor, and as, as recent as this year having my surgery. I want to welcome you all and thank you for listening and tuning into Good Morning Ladies with Candy Bryant. This month is so special because we're talking about survivor stories. We're talking to the supporters and the loved ones of those who have been there for us going along this journey. And every story is special. Every story is life-changing. And so I pray that as you're listening, that you tuned in at the right time, number one, but that something is ignited in you, something is shifted, that there is life change taking place and that you truly live, leave this time encouraged and that this podcast is not just a podcast, but it is seeking life and encouragement and hope to every listener. So thank you all for tuning in. Today we have a wonderful guest. Abigail Johnson is our guest. And so we are all excited to get to know you, Abigail. Would you say good morning to the ladies? Good morning, everyone. I'm happy to be here. We are happy to have you here. Now, I know that uh, we're going to have several ladies throughout the month that tell their story and, you know, share what, what we've learned along this journey. And many of us have the same journey, but some of us have a different journey. And so before we get into your story and some of hearing your heart and the things that you have to share, let us know a little bit about you. I, you have a wonderful family, and I won't give it all away. I, I would like for you to share uh, with the ladies a little bit about who you are. Thank you for this opportunity to talk about myself and the interesting things that have happened this year in my family. Um, I am married. Uh, my husband, Elliot, and I will be celebrating a whole decade of marriage next year in 2018. We've got two little boys. Uh, Liam is four. Malcolm is two. And they have uh, just lit up our lives. Uh, they came into our lives a little bit later on. Uh, we struggled with fertility, and that was certainly part of our journey. But uh, this year has been marked with my diagnosis with breast cancer. And I found a lump earlier this year and have uh, embarked upon months of treatment. And uh, our lives have certainly been turned upside down. But um, we've approached this change and our new normal in the best way we know how, which is to rally the support of our friends and family, to um, really trust and, and lean on our faith and uh, learn how to really incorporate this new change into our lives um, in thinking about what's the best for us, thinking about what's the best for our kiddos, and have really made a lot of changes accordingly. Absolutely. And I, I know so many ladies can identify with the complete shift in your life. I mean, this is a total life shift and the family shifts along with you. And so as you get into your journey, you shared something with me before uh, we, we actually really started recording concerning some of the alarming statistics and and what your specific journey is. I want you to share that first because I would love our listeners to hear and understand uh, the importance of where certain um, breast cancers and, and cancer patients, what they have to walk through is a little bit different than others. So can you share that? Sure, absolutely. The Certainly a lot of people do know that one in eight women now is diagnosed with breast cancer. And that while certainly is a scary thing, uh, so much research and attention is centered upon uh, early diagnosis and early detection. And certainly those things are very important. But what a lot of people don't know is that women who are diagnosed with an early stage breast cancer, stages one through three, have a 30% chance of it metastasizing at some later date. 
and becoming stage four or um, having a reoccurrence of breast cancer later on. And certainly that's not a very positive thing. That's not a, a something that can be um, presented or packaged very well. And so it isn't something that people often talk about. And then the sad thing is because there's not a lot of uh, attention given to the fact that a stage four diagnosis can either be something uh, that happens after the initial diagnosis or even, like in my case, the original diagnosis, only less than 10% of the dollars going towards research are devoted to this category of breast cancer that is the actual, actually the only breast cancer that will result in death. At, initially, my doctors were talking about, you know, that you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, we're going to go through all of this treatment, you will die of something else. This is not going to kill you. Once we realized I was stage four, the conversation radically shifted to this is going to kill you. We don't know when, but this is something that is going to kill you. And those words are certainly, it's certainly earth shattering to know you have cancer, but certainly earth shattering to know that it will actually result in your death. But all of the attention and all of the research and all of the focus is not on this, this one sole category of breast cancer that will actually end in death. Mm. I think that was the first time, and you know, and I'm sure you can identify when you when you start this journey, you're just researching everything, and and you are a lawyer by practice. I know we didn't get to share that at the beginning of the show, but uh, you actually had a firm, and so I know that research is probably your strength. Um, that's very something of, of me, but I, I'm pretty sure that um, every patient goes through this time where where you're begin researching. So what was that like in, in initially when you began to look into this and really uncover that this is happening? Oh, I'm not sure I remember very much of it. Frankly, at the very beginning, it's such a, a blur of just uh, learning a new language. Um, you know, I, yes, I have a law degree, but I didn't go to medical school. So, you know, it, it mm -hmm. has been such a, a huge learning experience. But yes, my husband and I have read every study we can get our hands on. We've talked to everybody we can talk to. Every time I got a recommendation from a doctor, I went and got a second, sometimes a third opinion, just to make sure that we were making the best decision. So that, that is the, the way that we have attacked um, my diagnosis. Certainly there's an emotional and mental health side to it as well, but um, it is overwhelming to make huge life-changing decisions in a very short period of time in an area where unless you're a medical person in an oncology field, meaning trained in that particular niche, it is a learning experience to uh, absorb everything and make life very quickly. It is. It's overwhelming. Um, you know, I just remember going and asking questions and, you know, because there's so many patients First of all, I think that was the most alarming uh, first discovery that I made, which was just how many women have breast cancer because I, I didn't, it didn't yeah. run in my family. I, I hadn't really known anyone with it in my circle of friends. And when I would, was going to get treatment, I just saw the room full of patients. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, like I didn't realize that it was this big. And then as I began to research, I remember talking to my doctors and because there's so many, you feel like there's so many patients, you kind of feel like a number. Like they, I didn't really have the sense that they were taking quality time to educate me. And then I, you know, I went kind of off on my own to do all this research and 
um, it's overwhelming. So you talked about, um, you touched on something that I did want to, I guess, have you share with our listeners as we close, um, which is really important, is the mental, spiritual, the emotional, I guess, toll that it takes on you, but also what, what do you do? What have you done along this journey to keep yourself encouraged? Because I know that there's a woman listening right now who's probably at the beginning of her journey, maybe just recently diagnosed. And so for those of us who are walking through it or have walked through it, what what did you do to keep yourself emotionally and spiritually sound along the way? I have been astonished, honestly, at the instant kinship that I have found with other survivors. And there's just something uniquely special about connecting with other women who have gone through something similar. Um, I I have found that a diagnosis of this kind can be extremely off-putting to family. It can be extremely off-putting to friends. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. Um, and, And even professionals who don't necessarily work in this area are often at a loss. And so one of the first places that I found, um, surprisingly, um, a support was uh, Facebook groups that were specifically um, devoted to breast cancer survivors. And I have um, in several groups that are specifically from stage four. Some of these women Mm -hmm. that are, you know, in Canada, in the UK, in California, nowhere close to me are just providing an amazing amount of support and also demonstrating how their faith has supported them through those dark nights through because at night sometimes it's the hardest you can get distracted during the day with things but at night Mm -hmm. you can't escape sometimes those thoughts that um just intrude um so so that honestly has been a surprising place of support and a, a great place of support our church has been amazing bringing meals um our pastor has um he brings communion to me once a month and, you know, stops by as, as often as we'll let him. Uh, so that, that's been amazingly wonderful as well, just from, from the spiritual perspective. Every time I've gone in for surgery or for treatment, you know, there have been multiple people who have come to pray over me before each step of the way, and that has been amazing. My family has been um, very supportive. My mother is a 13-year survivor of breast cancer herself, and so she uniquely has understood what I've gone through. Certainly her diagnosis was not as serious as mine, but um, there, you just cannot replace the experience of going through it. Even people who are trained in mental health counseling or a psychiatrist, certainly those are great people to get support from, but other survivors have been my rocks to, to lean on uh, through this. Um, and then also to connect my, my husband with people who can be supportive of him. I know you mentioned here as well your husband and him going through it. My, my husband has mm-hmm. um, struggled to find the same kind of support that, that I have found somewhat easily. I think it is harder for husbands, sometimes caregivers, to get the kind of support that they need. But there's that saying that moms hear so often about how you can't give unless your cup is full. And so we've, we've talked a lot about making sure that his cup is full so that he's able to give and to be supportive of me and the boys as we're walking through this as well. Oh, that's so good. I, I just talked to someone, um, a beautiful 
woman who's going to be sharing her story. And surprisingly enough, she, she was talking about her husband and how he's been there supporting. And I said, you know, I think you, you guys might be the first interview where I can talk to both of you because she said he's mm-hmm. very willing to come on and share his story. And I thought, you know what, that is a component that is so easily forgotten because they're they're there and they're not going through it. But they are. <laughs> they really yes. are in such a different Absolutely. way, and it can be so hard on them. Abigail, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that the information that you shared with us is really important. I think it needs to get out there. And I asked if you would kind of share um, some about some, an organization that you support so that we can also turn our attention and support that. Can you talk a little bit about that organization? Absolutely. Uh, there's a great uh, grassroots um, nonprofit called MetaViver. So it's uh, www.metaviver.org, um, and it is a, an organization that is 100% focused on research for those of us with stage 4 metastatic breast cancer. Um, I mentioned earlier that the research dollars that are spent in research for breast cancer, less than 10%, goes towards those of us with stage 4 MetaViver is an organization where 100% of every dollar that goes to the organization goes towards research because it is entirely run by volunteers. Uh, Certainly, if you look at any number of organizations, well-known organizations, certainly the Komen Foundation or even the Red Cross or Goodwill, uh, there are the statistics about how much uh, donations, how much dollars actually go to the people needing those dollars or to the people needing the research. And most of those organizations spend a lot of money on administrative costs. MetaViver spends zero on administrative costs. And for that reason, I encourage everyone to, uh, instead of uh, buying something pink in a store or, you know, buying stamps, for instance, where a small amount of the money goes towards breast cancer research, give those dollars to an organization like MetaViver where all the money goes where it's needed. Oh, that's amazing. We have been talking about that, actually, on the last couple of podcasts, that there are some organizations out there where all of the money, 100%, because it's run by volunteers, goes to the patient or goes to the research. And um, so I'm really happy that you shared that because I think there are people listening who have loved ones who are in the same in that same position with stage four, and they would love to support an organization like this. So, Abigail, thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. So, Abigail, I really want to thank you for taking the time out of your day. I know that uh, there's so much going on and so many moving parts and and two little ones, and you've just got such an amazing spirit. I have to tell you that I'm listening to you, and you feel, like, full of life and vibrant, and I'm sure that we've all had those struggles. Like you said, at night is when it really Mm. can get to you and your thoughts get to you, but I can tell you that you're speaking life during this whole interview over someone who really needed to hear that. They can probably identify with, you know, what you're going through. And so, sure, they're encouraged as a result of it. We usually ask our guests to close us out in prayer, so we would love for you to do that. And um, then I'll close with a few thoughts as well. Thank you. Oh, Father God, thank you so much for this time today and for the opportunity to share a little bit about my life and how you've impacted my life, how others that you've sent into my life have impacted me. And I just pray that for all of the people who are listening, uh, those breast cancer survivors, those of us who are going through active treatment now, those people who have loved ones going through breast cancer have been touched, could perhaps take away something from today. And Father, I 
would pray that you would touch each person in the way that they need most uh, to be able to leave a little bit more encouraged today and know your presence in their lives each moment, every day. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I think this is the month where we're going to have men and women tuning in, Abigail. I think it's, you know, it's, it's fun to have good morning ladies, and this is definitely a, a ladies get-together. You talked about the support. I 100% agree that I could I can meet a stranger on the street right now who's had breast cancer, and we will feel like we've known each other for several years. No lie. Absolutely. I, <laughs> when I took off the wig at work, and I work in a big office building, but my husband kept saying, you look great. Don't worry. Take the wig off. It was July. So, you know, <laughs> I, would, I was waiting for someone just to give me that push because I was so hot. But I was wearing the wig, and then I took it off, and, you know, I've been at my company for a very long time, so, of course, my coworkers were, were the first to be awkward and, and shocked, and, of course, I, I anticipated that, and that was fine. I didn't take any offense to, you know, some people who just pretended that I had no hair. You know, they, they didn't see it, and so they don't know how to react. But what was, inc- yeah. what was incredible is meeting a woman in the elevator, and just she's looking at me, and I'm looking at her, and we know what we're both thinking. And uh, one woman in particular saw me in the parking lot. She said, I just have to tell you, I saw you with the wig, but you are gorgeous without your wig. And she she turned out to be a survivor. And we connected. And so for you to share your story and, you know, bless our listeners and encourage them, I know that there is a connection there. So we will continue to lift you up in prayer and support you. And um, I know that you've probably got a lot going on right now, but if there's any other projects that you might have in the future or awareness or causes, we want to run to support you, if that's okay. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, I want to tell you all, thank you so much. You know, I love you in the Lord. But more importantly, I want you to be encouraged. I, I, we we always say this on Good Morning Ladies, is that you, you find time to spend in God's Word. You find time to spend in His presence. Find time to fellowship and connect. And we love the fact that you're tuned in and you can find a connection here. But I also encourage you to find that time to connect with other believers and other women who can encourage you in the things that God has for you. So to everyone listening, thank you. God bless you. Have a great week. And until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.